Father, we thank you. Thank you for your love, for your goodness and your mercy. You have been better to us than we could be to ourselves. And we praise you. We honor you. We adore you today. Give you all of the glory. In the name of Jesus. Second Corinthians The second chapter Fifth verse but if any have caused grief, he hath not grieved me, but in part that I may not overcharge you all. Sufficient to such a man is this punishment, which was inflicted of many. So that contrarywise, ye ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with over much sorrow. Wherefore, I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. For to this end also did I write that I might know the proof of you, whether ye be obedient in all things. To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything, to whom I forgave it, for your sakes, forgive I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Please be seated. talk today uh, for the next few moments uh, from uh, these words don't let Satan trick you um, don't let Satan trick you I want you to know that um, the devil is a deceiver. Um, he is one that will do whatever is necessary in order to hinder you from operating in the truth concerning God's word. But even before deceiving you about the truth of God's word he will try to deceive you concerning the truth about yourself because if you don't know the truth about yourself you don't even know what portion of the word is applicable to your particular situation or where you are in life 
The devil always tries to make us see ourselves in a way that is not reality. And the way he does that is by masquerading and hiding the reality about ourselves from us and highlighting the negativity in others and in external stimuli to divert our attention and cause our focus to be on that which does not concern us. I need somebody to say that's none of your business. If you're not scared, just say, why don't you mind your own business? It's a bad thing to be a busybody. It's a bad thing to be a busybody. Um, Meddling in the affairs of others. The scripture tells us not to do that. We got a lot of nosy people. Nosy people are miserable people. Nosy people are people that are unhappy with their lives. And they snoop into the business and the affairs of others because they are trying to find ways to draw comparisons between their life and someone else's life. First of all, misery likes company. And secondly, if you can find somebody who uh, is in the same situation as you, it makes you feel not so bad about your situation. But if you can find somebody who is in a worse situation than you, it makes you feel even better. Because it causes you to feel like... uh, that person is worse off than you. And so when you focus on someone else's flaws or their shortcomings, um, it causes you to get deeper involved in whatever your wrong is because you go neglected. And if we're ever going to get better, we have to learn how to focus on ourselves. We got to learn how to look at ourselves. A part of my uh, daily prayer is, Lord, expose me to myself. Show me me. I want to see the good. I want to see the bad. I want to see the ugly. No matter how painful it may be, expose me to myself. Um, The difference um, between someone that is sane versus someone that is insane is not that great. It's a thin line. It's being mentally ill is it's borderline, y'all. We are all on the verge. The, 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 the right thing or the wrong thing that happens could send us all over the edge. Y'all don't believe it. But, but, but the, the, the wrong situation can cause you to have a breakdown. Um... But the difference between the sane and the insane, those who are insane remain in situations that are negative for them 
and they continue to repeat the same behavior with the expectation of different results for this reason. Because they don't know that they have a problem. They don't know what their problem is. People that are insane, they don't know what their problem is. People that are insane think you're the one with the problem. I've gone uh, to the mental institution and um, I have come in contact with people in the mental institution who have announced themselves as the doctor. And they were convincing. The difference between them and somebody that may be sane is both of them may want to be a doctor. But one of them thinks that he is and the other knows that he's not. Being sane does not mean you don't have problems, but being sane means that you are well aware of what your problems are and you endeavor to make the appropriate decisions that are necessary in order to bring you out of the circumstance that you are in and not continue to repeat whatever the cycle is that will cause you to remain stuck. I'm here today because I want to be free. I'm here today. See, I'm not crazy no more. And I can call crazy real good. I can, I can call crazy real good. And someone might say, well, it takes one to know one. But see, I can identify crazy because I almost went crazy. So I know the symptoms. I know the signs. Y'all, mighty quiet today. I know the signs. I know the stuff that leads to crazy. I understand borderline behavior. I, I understand what understand what that is like. But the reason why there are some that have uh, the soundness of mind. It is because of the fact that they are willing to embrace the truth. The truth is the thing that your willingness to embrace and accept truth is the thing that distinguishes you from those that don't have soundness of mind. And when you embrace the truth, you are willing to acknowledge it and to adjust and to correct whatever needs to be fixed because if you really embrace the truth, you understand that something is beyond where you are that will cause you to have a greater comfort than what you have right now if you choose not to stay where you are. I want to talk to a few people today who don't want to remain stuck. A few, a 
few people today who say, you know what, yeah, I've made uh, some mistakes, or maybe it wasn't even a mistake. Maybe I found myself in a situation where I just found myself in a rut in life. I found myself in a stupor. I found myself in a low spot. I found myself in a low place, a low moment. And I acknowledge, I realized, I sat there for a while because it was overwhelming for me. It was something that I could not handle. I could not conceive or conceptualize this thing. But now I'm in a place where I look around me and I realize that this is a foreign place and this is not my destiny. This, this is not my truth. It may be my reality, but it's not my truth. It is, it is not the place where I am supposed to be. It is not what God has designed for me. This is not my point of finality. There is something greater. There is something more that God has for me and I cannot allow myself to be in this place and allow the things that dwell here to influence me in a negative way and convince me and deceive me and manipulate my mind and convince me that this is where I'm supposed to be. I got to break free from anything that is speaking to me, any mindset, any mentality that is telling me that this is what life is supposed to be like. No, this is not what life is supposed to be like. This is not where I'm supposed to be. And I've got to learn that I cannot assimilate through association. So while I'm in this rut that I'm trying to vigorously and feverishly pull myself out of I've got to disassociate myself from anything anybody any voice any spirit any behavior any habit that is trying to convince me that this is who I am I am in this place but I ain't of this place I am different than everything around me I'm different, so I cannot allow, I cannot, I'm almost done, but I cannot allow Satan to trick me into feeling as if this is who I am. Because this is not who I am. It doesn't even feel right. It doesn't even sound right. It doesn't even look right. It doesn't even fit me. It doesn't even speak well of me, of who I am. I cannot allow Satan to trick me. One of the things that Satan uses uh, to deceive us is our interpersonal relationships. Mm -hmm. Satan uh, has to use a vehicle. He has to use something or somebody to be his representative in the earth. He has to use something. That's why uh, people, when they are possessed by a demonic spirit, they are possessed because Satan has a mission. He has an assignment that he wants to complete, and he does it by overtaking the body of a human individual be careful he'll try to take over your dog or your cat too and this is why uh this is why it's important for us to understand that we do not we do not engage in halloween practices i know that that's hard for you to handle because you think that it's cute but halloween is not a christian holiday 
Halloween was initiated by witches and warlocks. It was a time that they sacrificed human individuals. They cut their heads off and they hung them and they killed them and they drained their blood and they sacrificed them for Satan. Halloween is not a cute holiday. And I want you to know that that's not just the origin of Halloween, but it is the current practice of Halloween. While your children are going out saying trick or treat, knocking on doors, which is not safe anyway today, but while they are engaging in that, there are witches and warlocks, especially in the area of New England, there are witches and warlocks that are brewing up spells to release in the earth. They are still sacrificing human beings. They are killing cats. They are killing dogs. They are sacrificing chickens. On Halloween, these sacrifices are given to Satan and they are releasing spirits in the earth and they are assigning those spirits to individuals that will submit themselves to the practice of Halloween. Somebody say Halloween is a no-no. It's a no-no. I know that's hard for you. I know that's hard for you parents, but it is a no-no. Bring your children to church. We want them to still have fun, but we want them to know that this is where they need to have fun at. They don't need to be knocking on doors where people are passing out apples and candy bars with razors and needles inside of them and trying to intoxicate and drug our children. They need to come to church. They can learn about Jesus. They can have fun. We'll give them some candy, and everything they get here is going to be a treat, and now a trick Satan is always aiming to distract and to deceive us because he understands that there is an awesome and an enormous amount of victory and embracing the fullness of God's word this is why the devil does all he can first of all to keep you out of church because how can you hear without a preacher? That's the Bible. How can you hear without a preacher? I know you're talking about you, 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 know, you study at home and you, 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 you're a private Christian and all that kind of stuff. But stop fooling yourself. You, you cannot be strong on your own. I'm going to be honest. I, I, I'm the preacher. I'm the pastor here of this flock. But I don't know what I would do sometime if I didn't have this place to come to. I'm just going to be honest. If I couldn't hear somebody say something, if I couldn't hear something in the song, if I couldn't feel something in the music, if I couldn't hear something in the testimony, if I couldn't get a word from somebody who God has anointed to speak into our lives, I don't know what I would do. And I know that there's no way that you can be disconnected from the assembly of believers and be strong in God. That is a spirit of deception. We talked about it the other day. One of the greatest weapons that Satan will use against you in terms of beginning to backslide is isolation. Isolation. Let me tell you what happens to us, and I'm going to be wrapping it up soon. Let me tell you what happens to us. Before, before we stop coming to church, we begin to renege on our involvement. You were a faithful choir member. You stopped coming to choir rehearsal, but you still were singing on Sunday. 
then you stop singing in the choir. Or maybe you stop singing in the usher, stop working on the usher board. Or maybe you stop working with the missionaries or stop working in hospitality or benevolence or greeting or whatever it is. But you were still coming to church, right? You were still coming because you told yourself that I'm just making a little change right now. I'm just, I'm just taking a little change. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm still good. I'm still saving everything. I'm just, I'm just making a little, taking a little break. Then you started coming to church late. You started coming late. Uh, and that was one way, that was a way for you to have an excuse. I can't, I can't usher today because I'm late. Can't sing today because I'm late. Can't, can't do this today because I'm late. Can't count money today because I'm late. Can't do this because I'm late. Then, because you were late, you started sitting in the back. You change, you change your seat. You used to sit on the front row. You used to bring your own chair and park it almost on the pulpit, but you started sitting in the back, becoming more and more, more and more, fading away more and more, trying to become less and less noticeable. Then you started coming late, but then you started leaving early. I got a baby shower to go to. I got a. And then you want us to see you pick up your phone. If it ain't God calling you in church, you ought to not answer your phone. You know, these phones are getting people in trouble today. What? You know, we would not be in as much trouble as some of us have gotten in if we didn't have phones and Facebook and Internet and all that kind of stuff. Do you remember when if you needed to talk to somebody, you had to go to the pay phone while you were out, find the pay phone and put a dime in there and call them. And if they needed to reach you, if you couldn't get them, they had to wait until you got home, 11, 12 o'clock at night, if that's how long it took. I remember when we didn't even have answering machines in our houses. You remember when, when you didn't have an answering machine? Didn't, we didn't have answer machines and voicemail and stuff like that. It was big time. If we went to your house and you had an answer machine with a big tape in it, that was, that was big time. You know, these things have, have caused uh, diversions in our lives. Satan will deceive you if you let him. If you let him, he will deceive you. Because he understands that there is something in being free enough to embrace the truth that if you could ever embrace the truth long enough, you would never ever be in a position where you could be a servant to Satan or to sin. He will use people around you and relationships. And this is why the apostle begins this conversation by talking to the people of God concerning their relationships. He talks to them about having forgiveness in their heart. He talks to them about how you interact with other people because this is something that trips you up. When you get in a place where you feel that somebody else is wrong and that they are more wrong than you. Some of us are still in a place where we're willing to admit that we're not perfect, but we just still believe that even though we're not perfect, somebody else is a little less 
perfect than us. We're closer to perfection than them. We all have been there. Yeah, I did that, but. Yeah, I said, but. And here's a classic. If you had not of, I wouldn't have. And this is, this is, the, this is the winner of them all. You made me do it. You made me go off on you. You made me say that. What he says is, he says, understand that anybody that has caused grief has not grieved, hath he not grieved me in part that I may not overcharge you all? In other words, has he not grieved me so that I don't charge each of you for the one thing that somebody else did? But then he goes on and says that if someone has offended you, you need to forgive them. You need to let it go because if you don't forgive them, then it causes you to be in bondage just like they are in bondage. And when your focus is on holding someone else accountable for whatever they have or maybe have not done, it means that you are blinded to the reality about yourself and that you are holding them in bondage and in captivity. But while you're holding them in bondage, you are holding yourself in bondage. But you can't see yourself because you're holding them in front of you. So he says, I want you to learn how to let it go want you to learn how to release people from uh, the chains that you put them uh, under. I want you to release them from the responsibility that you have put upon them to be perfect for you. He said, I beseech you that you would confirm your love toward him. Confirm your love. Be loving and be kind. Listen, don't hold things in your heart. Don't harbor unforgiveness in your heart. And by all means, do not possess a spirit of judgment. Do not be judgmental. Learn how to properly interact with individuals. Learn how to let some stuff go. We got people who all of their life and time is spent on trying uh, to accuse other people of things that people have not even done. Sometimes we're accusing people of stuff that folks ain't even thinking about. I didn't do that to you. That's not what I said. I wasn't even thinking about you. I didn't roll my eyes at you. I wasn't even looking at you. I didn't mean to walk past you and not speak. I didn't even see that you were around. But there are some people that have made up in their mind that everybody is against them. They have caused themselves to assume a victim's mentality. And until you are delivered from a victim's mentality, you are never going to walk in freedom. You're always going to think that everybody is against you and that everybody is trying to hate on you and everybody is out to kill you and everybody is out to destroy you and everybody is jealous of you. Yeah, you got a few haters, but everybody ain't hating on you. Yes, you got a few people that are jealous of you, but everybody is not jealous of you. Some people don't like you just because you're not likable. Some people don't want to be bothered with you just because you're mean. And when you are bitter and when you are unforgiving and when you are hateful, 
you are not a nice person to be around you're not a pleasant person to be around when you are bitter and when you're a grouch and when you're angry and when you're always frustrated and when you're always mad nobody wants to be around you if I'm having a bad day already I need to be around somebody that can cheer me up and not pull me down. I need some positive reinforcement. Is there anybody here that said, I just need some positive reinforcement. The reason why I came to church today is because I needed to be around some people who were just like me. I wasn't looking for everybody to be perfect, but I needed to be around some people who also had a sound mind, who were here because they were on the verge of maybe breaking down, but but they have a desire to keep their sanity. They have a desire to keep their peace. And if we can come together and have the common ground and have the common experience and have the common goal, perhaps I might leave here better than the way I came. Perhaps I'll leave here stronger than how I came in here. Perhaps I'll leave here wiser than how I came in here. I drug myself in here. I came in here on life support. But if I can connect Connect with some people, encircle myself, entrap myself with people that have a like mind as I do, then perhaps we can cause a shift to take place in the atmosphere and some of this heaviness and this burden will lift off of our shoulders. I need you to look down your road and say, please carry your load. Please carry your load. Please carry your load. What am I trying to say by that? You understand what it's like when we're doing tug of war. When you're doing tug of war, if you're going to win, everybody on your team has to have their hand on the rope. Everybody has to have their hand on the rope. And we're not going to win if only half of the people tug on the rope. But if everybody would pull their own weight and tug on the rope, something would break and we would cause our enemy to be scattered. We would cause our enemy to trample. Our enemy would fall into the pit that they have established for us and they're trying to pull us into it. But if we could all get together because greater is he that is with us than he that is with the world and if we could work together we'd get some victory around here. That's why when we come to church everybody, if one clap, everybody ought to clap. If one house everybody ought to holler if one praise everybody ought to praise because I'm not just praising God for myself sister or brother I'm praising God for you too because if I get a breakthrough you're going to get a breakthrough too because this is corporate worship this is a corporate experience and I realize, I realize, I realize, and I gotta quit, I gotta quit, I gotta quit. I ain't gonna tune up today. I just wanna talk to you, but I, I, I just know that there are some of us in here today that we have brought ourselves to church and we drug ourselves out of a rut. We drug ourselves out of a stupor. We drug ourselves out of depression. We drug ourselves out of sickness. We drug ourselves out of poverty because something clicked in our mind and said that even though we may be living here, this is not where we're supposed to be. And if I could just get to an atmosphere that 
is more like home. I believe that I'll have the strength to shift the atmosphere. And by the time I leave here, my situation would have changed and I'll be going to a different address. Won't be going back to depression. Won't be going back to fear. Won't be going back to discouragement. Yeah, there are some things. There are some sea creatures. That the only way that they can survive is by being in the water. Yeah, but every now and then the tide will be high. Or maybe something will happen in the solar system. Or maybe something that individuals will do, humankind will do. Will pollute the water and cause those creatures to float to dry ground my God and while they're there they will be fighting for their lives they will be gasping for air but they're wallowing and fighting and trying just to get back into the water and every now and then somebody might come by and see them and will pour a little water in their area so that the so that the earth below them will be slippery enough for them to float back into the water is there anybody here today that said life has done some things to you that have caused you to be washed to the shore caused you to be washed to a place that is not not God's will for your life and all you need is for God to pour the water on you. You need God to rain on you so that you can find yourself back in the place where you're supposed to be so that you can live. Raise your hand and say help Lord I want to live. And so finally and I close Finally, and I close. The Bible said that the apostle said, he said, I want you to forgive. I, I want you to just let some stuff go. It ain't even worth it. I, I need you to let it go. Don't, don't hold nobody accountable. And I understand because uh, in my life, and, and I'm very concerned about uh, mental health, very concerned about it. And, and, uh, and, and someone was saying to me not long ago that uh, my ministry seems to be uh, a ministry of uh, psychology. And uh, whatever, uh, whatever description you put on it, I have learned that there are people that are suffering mentally. And, 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 and all we are doing is we are creating atmospheres for people to come to church and to jump and to shout and to cover up what's really going on. But every now and then you got to dig to the root of that thing. Every now and then you got to say we need to have a conversation because this ain't normal. Something ain't right about the way you're behaving. Something is not right. You can't even see where you are. You're blinded to reality because if you knew what God had in store for you, if you could see over into your future, you wouldn't be behaving the way that you are. You wouldn't be acting the way you're acting because you would be so focused on getting there that you wouldn't be settling for where you are now because you were made to be there and not here.
You notice, you notice if a whale is washed up the shore, the seagulls will fly all around the whale. And they'll get on the whale, or even if it gets on a shark, a more of a treacherous creature. But you never have noticed, if you look at National Geographic or any of the animal planet, you will notice that uh, those creatures are not wasting their time trying to fight against seagulls and flying fowl. But those creatures are so focused on where they're supposed to be that they're wallowing and doing their best to get there because they know that if I can just get back to the water, everything that I need in order to live is in the water. And some of us have slipped away. Some of us have strayed away. But if I could just get back into the place where I'm supposed to be, if I could just get back to the place where I got my joy, if I could just get back to the place where I have my peace. I know God called me. I know I'm anointed. I know that God has a work for me to do. But I've become distracted and I need to be realigned. I know I'm not supposed to be missing Sundays. I know I'm not supposed to be skipping prayer. But I just need to be refocused. Bible tells us that if we would forgive others, if we would let some stuff go, if we would not hold on to it, it puts us in a position uh, where we are better suitable to be forgiven ourselves. Uh, is there, is there, is there, is there anybody in here uh, that said, I realize now uh, that not only do you need to be forgiven, uh, but I realize that I need to be forgiven. Uh, I realize that I need God to have mercy on me. Uh, when someone is extended forgiveness, uh, they are given a pardon. Uh, they are Giving mercy. Uh, forgiveness means that I'm dropping the charges. Uh, forgiveness means that I'm letting it go. Uh, forgiveness means that what you may deserve, uh, I'm not giving it to you, uh, but I'm giving you better uh, than what you deserve. Is there anybody in here uh, that said, God, I want to thank you uh, for giving me better uh, than what I deserve? Finally, he said, to whom ye forgive anything, I forgave also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgive it for your sakes, forgive I. In it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get the advantage of us. Why? Because we are not ignorant. To Satan's devices. We're not crazy. Somebody say, I'm not crazy. Somebody say, I'm not insane. Mm -mm. I got a sound mind. We're not ignorant to Satan's. Lay hands on yourself. Say, I got a sound mind. Whew. I know you feel like you're losing your mind. I know you feel like you're sinking. I know you feel like life is just overwhelming you and trying to destroy you, but lay hands on yourself and say, I got a sound mind. Come on, I got the peace of God in my mind. I will not go crazy. I will not lose my mind. I will not lose my strength. I will not lose my focus. Hallelujah.
We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. And you know, once again, another thing that distinguishes us from the sane, from the insane, insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, right? But what distinguishes the sane is that we're not ignorant of the devil's devices because when we get to a place that is familiar, we recognize it. And when we recognize it, we don't repeat the same mistakes that we made before because we are looking for different results and we know that different results can only come through different actions. And so when we get there, we say, devil, I've been here before. I've seen this before. I've been challenged with this before. I've been depressed before. I've been lonely before. I, I ain't got no problem with being by myself. I've been by myself before. not afraid of the dark because I've been in the dark before. And so I, I found out that when I turned the lights on, when the lights came on, God was there with me. So as long as God is there in the light and he's there in the dark, it doesn't matter whether it's dark or light. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Don't let the devil trick you. I'm done. Everybody stand. Don't let him trick you. There's a little song that said, don't let the devil ride. Because he might want to drive. If you let the devil ride, he's going to try to drive. And I added a little part to that. The Holy Ghost revoked his license. If he's driving, he is an unauthorized driver. He is not authorized to lead your life. Don't live under a curse, but get free. Get free today. I don't know about you, but I want to be free. I want a sound mind. I don't want to be up and down, up one day and down the next. I don't want to be mad at everybody. And you know what? I've been mad before. I have. I've, I've been mad before. I've been ugly before, too, but I don't want to be ugly. My prayer is, Lord, help me. Help me to love people. Help me to be forgiving. My wife asks me often, often. She says, I don't know how you do it. 
you handle people and, and, and treat people nice and embrace people and you know they done lied on you. And you know how they treat you and you know that they may not be in support of you, this, that, and the other. Baby, it don't matter. It don't matter. You know why it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter, number one, because nobody has the power to impede upon my destiny except I give it to them. And then secondly, it doesn't matter because if that person really knew and understood who they were, they wouldn't spend their energy trying to tear me down. So, so you know what I do? I embrace people because I understand that they're no different than me. It could be me because we all got problems. But I've just learned that some people are in a state where they haven't learned how to embrace truth. And until they learn how to embrace truth, perhaps I may be the only representative in their life that exposes them to the reality of God's word that says love your enemy like you love yourself. I, I ain't mad at nobody. People that have not been delivered and are struggling mentally and, and, and so on and so forth. I can handle them. I don't have no problem with handling you. I now need a little break every now and then, but I can handle you. It doesn't, it doesn't discourage me. I feel sorry for you because you know what? And I know this is not politically correct, but I, this, is, you know, this is just how we talk. Crazy people don't want to be crazy. When you were crazy, you didn't want to be crazy. I said when you were, because some of y'all were crazy. But when you came into the knowledge of the truth and found out that you did not have to be the way that you were, you found out that you, you didn't have to be nasty to people, that you didn't have to be evil and that you didn't have to walk around with bipolarism. You're not bipolar. You're not, you ain't bipolar, you're just moody. You're not bipolar. You are needy. You need attention. Because something happened to you in your life. Somebody didn't get it to you. you didn't, they didn't hold you when you first came out. And so all your life now, you're trying to make up for what didn't happen in one day. Or everything was going good up until you turned 12. When your daddy left your mama. Or when you found out that, ooh, this hurts. Now, this hurts. When you find out that the people that you love don't love you like you love them. And so that, 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 that hurts you, that, that caused 
that caused a problem for you. And so you found yourself in this place where you began to believe that you had to assume a personality that really wasn't who you were. But you know what they call it? It was a coping mechanism. This is how I cope in order to make it. Yeah, I'm tough. Yeah, I'm mean. Yeah, I'm aggressive. But you don't know what I've been through. But I want you to know today that no matter what you've gone through in your life, if you're willing to release it and forgive, God will forgive not only will God forgive you, but he'll forgive your past. See, I don't just need to be forgiven for me. But I need God to forgive my past because my past has done some stuff to me. It wasn't what I did to it. It was what my past did to me. And so my past is still calling me. Still holding me in bondage. Still holding me in captivity. Because it connected to me what it did to me. It caused me to connect to it. And from that time until now, I've never been able to really walk in freedom. But I need God to not just forgive me, which means to release me. But I need God to release the grip. That my past has on me too. Some of us have been so misunderstood. Because some of us, we hurt. We hurt so bad. We hurt. We hurt on the inside. Some people hurt physically. Giselle, some people hurt physically all day long. Just sickness in their body. But some folks hurt emotionally. All the time. Just hurting. Just hurting. Just hurting. Emotional pain is worse than physical pain. And some of your physical condition is connected to your emotional pain. Your joints flare up because of your emotions. Your nerves act up because of your emotions. But we want to get healed today. God sent me to Bring a word that would help somebody to be free today. And there are so many of us today that need to be free. I'm not even going to call you to the altar today because um, we have classes sometimes in church. We got a class that, when I say class, I mean categories. We got a category of people that go to the altar because it's obvious that they're not the perfect Christian. Then we got the casual altar goer that goes every now and then just for refreshing. And they're so concerned about making sure that you don't think that they're there to be saved. That they got to make sure that you know that oh, I came up here for healing. Oh, I'm praying for my neighbor who had a sickness. 
When we say who's going to be saved, oh, I came, up, I, came up here, I came up here to bring him. But sometimes, then we got this category of people that I'm too deep. I don't, mm-mm. I'm a missionary. I mean, I'm a missionary. I'm an elder. I don't, I don't need to go on no altar. I'm a deacon. I don't need to be on no altar. So then we got those people, so we learn how to be fake and how to be phony. And instead of me putting myself on the altar, I want to get with you and lay my hands on you. But you know what? If your hands are not clean, you don't need to be laying hands on nobody. Don't, don't touch me. I came up here to get forgiveness and you lay hands on me and you mad at half the church. Don't lay hands on me. This thing only God can do for me anyway. So I just want everybody, anybody, anybody who just said, Pastor, I want the blinders to be pulled off. I want God to do a new thing in me. Just lift your hands. You don't, even, don't, you don't, don't, you don't have to come up here. Just lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. This is the moment of truth revealed. This is the moment. Did you not know that in most of our services, we never fully accomplish what we came to do? You know why? Because the resistance is so great because people don't want to be real. You know why we don't worship like we should worship? And it's like tug of war sometimes getting us because when you worship, you got to get naked. Worship is about intimacy. And you ain't never been intimate fully dressed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody understand what I'm saying? Intimacy means into me you see. And if I'm going to be intimate with God, he got to see all of me. And so I got to unveil, I got to get naked. Not my physical clothes, not this. I ain't, I'm not talking about this, but I'm talking about the mask that I put on. I'm talking about everything I wrap myself up in. My attitude, my disposition, my behavior, that's got to go. So that God can free me. So I need you to lift your hands. And I need you. To do what's natural. I don't, I don't want to. I, I, I can't. I'm going to pray for you. But I can't, I can't put the words in your mouth that come from your heart. I need you for the next minute. Everybody in here for the next minute. I need you to do your best to communicate with God. I want to know that God loves you. I'm not judging nobody today. I know the devil told you the pastor was preaching on you. No, I'm not. I know the devil told you that folks are looking at you. No, they're not. And if they are, so what? Who are they? It don't even matter. But the next minute, God loves you. And so do I. God knows I love you. I want you to be free today. 
For the next minute, I want you to just talk to God for yourself. Tell him where you're hurting. Tell him what happened. You know, any good daddy, any good daddy, any good daddy will tell his or her child, his child rather, his son or daughter, that's what I mean. I'm not trying to get into this uh, uh, stuff that they're trying to do. Any good daddy, when a child is going through something, will say to his child, what happened? And then when they say, somebody hit me, they say, who did it? You can tell God who did it. You can tell him. You can be honest with him. Tell him, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. We got to let go of this stuff. Who did it? It was my mother. It was my father. It was my sister. It was my brother. I don't even know. And God said, you don't have to know because I was there all the time. You don't have to know who did it to you. But you need to know who protected you from it. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. 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 You never know what God could be doing. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, it wasn't nobody. It was me. I did it to myself. Talk to him. 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 Thank you, Jesus. And tell him, Lord, if you can do anything for anybody, please do it for me. Tell them, Lord, time is running out. It's time sensitive. It's time sensitive. God, this thing has pushed me to the verge. It's pushed me to the edge. I almost lost my mind. But, oh God, please spare me before it's too late. I need you today. I need you today. I need you today. I need you today. Now I want you to transition and tell them, God, folks have done me wrong. I've done myself wrong. But you never hurt me. You never hurt me. It wasn't you that hurt me. It was you that pulled me through. And so say, I love you. Come on now. The best way you know how, open your mouth. Don't clap your hands. Just open your mouth and talk to him. I love you. I, I love you. I worship you. I honor you. I adore you. you you're, you're magnificent. You're mighty. You are holy. You are great. You are great. You're 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 great. I love you. You've kept me. You've protected me. You've shielded me. I thank you. I thank you today. I thank you for pulling me through. I thank you for pulling me through. I thank you for pulling me through. 
If it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me where would I be? Hallelujah. Tell me where would I be? Where would? Where would? Where would I, I be? Last time, step your hands up. Father, in Jesus' name, we're your people today. I ask that you would help your people today. Your people need healing. Your people need deliverance today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Take the pain away. Take the pain away. Take the pain away. God, we need your help today. We need your strength today. God, it was nobody but you. It was nobody but you. Mm. We thank you, God, because not only did you conquer death, but you took the sting out of it. Father, take the pain out of it. Oh, God, I thank you for new life. I thank you for restoration. I thank you for your help today. Thank you for your strength. I thank you for your joy for your people. Bring about deliverance in this place. God, now you work on us like only you can. God, we're open now. We are vulnerable. We are naked now. Don't leave us like this. Help us. Cover me back up. God, you've stripped me of the wrong stuff. Now put the right stuff back on me. Strengthen me. I need you today. I need you today. In the name of Jesus. Now, God, I forgive others. Come on, say, I forgive others. And I forgive myself. And I fully embrace Whatever you have for me, I thank you because I'm free today. In Jesus' name. Whatever your most appropriate way of thanksgiving is, give it to God now. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody here today who says, Pastor, I got to take it to another step because I've walked away from God. I'm not where I ought to be with God. And today, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Whoever that is, walk out of your seat. Get here. Get here. Get here. I'm coming back to God. I'm coming back to God. I'm giving myself to God. I'm giving myself to him. Get here. Get here. I want to invite Jesus to be in charge of my life. I know you're here. I know you're here. I know you're here. There are others of you who are here today. Pastor, I believe God has done something in me, but I need to acknowledge Christ as my Savior. I'm a backslider. I'm not walking with him. I know I have a calling. I know God wants to do something for me, but I, 
I need to get back on track. Who am I talking to? Wouldn't it be wonderful if somebody would be honest and say, you know what, I had a ministry, but I kind of walked away from it, but I'm getting on the altar. Wouldn't that be wonderful if somebody said that today? Somebody said, you know what, I got to leave my post. I got to leave my post. I know I'm on the front row. I know I'm on the second row, but I got to leave my post. Because what profit for me to gain the world and lose my soul? What good is it going to do if I fooled everybody but Satan tricked me? What good would that do? I'm going to pray for these, but I know I feel five. I feel five. I feel five more people in this place. I know I feel it. I know I feel it. I know you're here. There you go. It's got to be four more of you. There's got to be four more of you. Get delivered from your pride. Let your pride go. Nobody, don't nobody care. The people you're worried about, they're in a worse situation than you. Who cares what they think? Who cares what they say? It doesn't even matter. When they get finished talking about your business, they're going to be talking about somebody else because they're miserable and you'll never be able to satisfy miserable people. But pastor, you don't know I've made such a big mistake. I've messed up. I've messed up. Every, everything is messed up. Everything. My family, my job, my money. What, it's all messed up, but I dare you to try Jesus. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men could not put Humpty back together again. But if any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creature. Oh, things are passed away and behold, all things become new. I was like Humpty. I sat on the wall. I was like Humpty. I had a great fall. Couldn't nobody fix it. But Jesus put me back together again. I'm waiting on three more and I'm going to pray. I'm waiting on you. I know you're here. I know you're here. You got to get here. You got to get here. Don't sit in your seat. You know you're supposed to be here. Come. Come. Might be your last chance. Father, deliver us from pride today. Deliver us from that pride. Pride comes before the fall. You will destroy yourself. Here you go. Two more, two more. I know you're here. I know you're here. There's one more I'm waiting on. I'm waiting on you. We got to take time for this. This is the business of souls. One more, one more. I know you're here. You know, the crazy thing is, I know who you are. I know who you are. And I, I, I could come get you right now. But what good would it do for me to make a choice for you that you don't want for yourself?
I'm urging you. Get out of your seat and come now. Get out of your seat and come now. That's one, but it's still one more. I'm about to pray. I'm about to pray, but I wish. Lord, have mercy. I'm about to pray. Thank you. Now I can pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands. Woo. Glory to God. But yet I still hear you calling my name. Oh Lord, I've sinned, but you're still calling my name. Oh, Lord, I've sinned, but you're still calling, calling my, 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 my name. While your hands are lifted, I want you to say this with me. Say, Lord, it was a struggle. For me to come here. Because you know better than I. What life has been like for me. But today. I admit. That I can't make it. Without you. I need you. In my life. Please. Forgive me. For every sin. That I've committed. Yes, I've walked away from you. I've turned my back on you. I did things the way I wanted to do it. But I'm begging you to forgive me. And today, I accept new life and restoration and healing for my family, my mind, my soul, my heart, everything belongs to you in Jesus' name.